0: Our focus passage this morning will be right at the beginning of Romans chapter 12. Feel free to turn there in your Bibles as we get started, if you'd like. Romans chapter 12. Do you know what you were doing exactly one year ago right now? Some of you are going to say, I know exactly. I was sitting right here. You know what I was doing exactly one year ago right now? I was standing right here. It's our one-year anniversary. (laughs) If you were here a year ago this morning, you might remember that we explored the issue of God's glory in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, technically, the word covenant means binding agreement. When I hear the phrases Old Covenant and New Covenant, I think of the frameworks or the systems that God made and uses to relate to His people. In the Bible, of course, the Old Testament is largely based on the Old Covenant and the New Testament is based on the New Covenant, which in turn is based on Jesus Christ. So let's do something similar today. Let's do a comparison of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. This morning's topic, sacrifice. Now, sacrifice might strike us as something that was historically important in the Bible, But it might not seem to be so relevant now Here's an example of what I mean in the Old Testament book of Leviticus The first seven chapters are full of detailed instructions about how the Old Covenant sacrifices were to be made And when we read those passages, we might think well, it doesn't speak a great deal to my life today Especially since we're not obligated to make those Old Covenant sacrifices But the concept of sacrifice is not limited to the old covenant It's in the new covenant also and one of the places that you see it is in romans chapter 12 verse 1 So this morning then let's spend some time Investigating the connections between sacrifice in the book of leviticus and the book of romans So if you're at the beginning of romans 12 romans chapter 12 back up a few verses to verse 33 in chapter 11. We're going to go from chapter 11 verse 33 to chapter 12 verse 2 as shown. So Romans 11:33. Oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful and humbled to be in your presence this morning. We want to open ourselves up fully, Lord, to your word, to what you would teach us, to how you would use this time together to mold us to conform more strongly to the image of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So, let's make four stops on our journey today let's look at the system let's take a brief look at the system of sacrifice that God set up in the old covenant and then once those practices became part of the lives of the people let's take a look at at the living out of those practices and then let's do something similar for the new covenant What what system did god set up for sacrifice in the new covenant? What were the procedures? And then what does that look like as we live it out? so Off we go sacrifice under the old covenant You feeling okay this morning you relaxed You ready to be flexible. We're going to read two long passages from the book of leviticus In these we're going to see instructions for how the old covenant sacrifices were to be made When the person who's up here reads long passages, it's hard on you It's hard to stay focused, but do your Try to attend to the details as well as the big picture We're going to help you this morning to stay focused by giving you a quiz when we finish the second passage (laughs) So we're going to start in chapter 4 verse 3 And uh, this is part of the sequence in those first chapters in Leviticus where we're seeing basic instructions for how the sacrifices were to be offered So chapter 4 verse 3 If the anointed priest sins So as to bring guilt on the people then let him offer to the lord a bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin He has committed and he shall bring the bull to the doorway of the tent of meeting before the lord And he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and slay the bull before the lord Then the anointed priest is to take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall also put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. And all the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting." And he shall remove from it all the fat of the bull of the sin offering, the fat which covers the entrails, and all the fat which is on the entrails. And the two kidneys, with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys, just as it is removed from the ox of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest is to offer them up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering. But the hide of the bull and all its flesh with its head and its legs and its entrails and its refuse That is all the rest of the bull He is to bring out to a clean place outside the camp where the ashes are poured out and burn it on wood with fire Where the ashes are poured out it shall be burned That's a lot to keep track of Right, there's a lot of detail in there uh, It's it's a lot to keep track of now move over to leviticus 8 God has finished transmitting to Moses the essential instructions for the sacrifices and in Leviticus 8 Moses using the instructions He's received from God is going to prepare Aaron and his sons to be priests Aaron is Moses brother Aaron and his sons are to be consecrated in this passage that is prepared to serve as priests in which they represent God to the people and represent the people to God So um, late in the passage listen for some of the same language that you just heard in chapter 4 And then there's some additional ritual material early in the passage also Chapter 8, starting at verse 5. Moses said to the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded to do. Then Moses had Aaron and his sons come near and wash them with water. And he, Moses, put the tunic on him, Aaron, and girded him with the sash and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him, and he girded him with the artistic band of the ephod with which he tied it to him. Then he placed the breastpiece on him, and in the breastpiece he put the urim and the Tummim. He also placed the turban on his head, and on the turban at its front he placed the golden plate, the holy crown, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses then took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it, consecrating them. And he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all its utensils and the basin and its stand to consecrate them. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Next Moses had Aaron's sons come near and clothed them with tunics and girded them with sashes and bound caps on them just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he brought the bowl of the sin offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on on the head of the bull of the sin offering. Next, Moses slaughtered it and took the blood with his finger and put some of it around the horns of the altar and purified the altar. Then he poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. He also took all the fat that was on the entrails and the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat, and Moses offered it up in smoke on the altar. But the bull and its hide and its flesh and its refuse, he burned in the fire outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded Moses." Did you get it all? Let's find out. So here are the rules. It's multiple choice, but when you make your selection, you have to do it silently. Don't say your answer out loud because we want everybody to think about the choice that they're going to make. Question number one, where was the blood of the sacrifice to be poured out? A, in front of the veil. B, over the head of the priest. C, at the base of the altar. D, outside the camp. Pause for a moment, silently, make your selection. Correct answer, C, at the base of the altar. Wasn't it supposed to be poured out in front of the veil? No, it was to be sprinkled seven times in front of the veil. Wasn't it to be poured over the head of the priest? No, that was the anointing oil to be poured over the head of the priest. Get it straight. (laughs) Question number two. The fat on the kidneys was to be A, burned on the altar, B, burned in front of the altar, C, burned outside the tent, D, burned outside the camp. Pause for a moment, silently, make your choice. Correct answer is A, it was to be burned on the altar. Wasn't it to be burned outside the camp? No, that was the remainder of the animal that was to be burned outside the camp. There's at least... Five things that we can notice in these passages. First of all, since many of us don't process our own meat, the language of the passages might feel a bit weird or uncomfortable, it might make us queasy. It does that to me a little bit, makes my hair stand up a little bit. I came from a family that fished, we never hunted. I do not know my way around the inside of a large animal. Um, My program for obtaining meat from my family has consisted of driving to the grocery store in a car with an automatic transmission (laughs) That's not the case with all of you some of you are hunters or you're in a family that hunts and And talking about the kidneys and the entrails and the fat. It's not It's not particularly noteworthy to you because that's part of your experience. It it seems inescapable that it was part of the experience of nearly all or perhaps all of the people In the nation of Israel, right? The the processing of an animal would be a deeply embedded part of their life experience So if it makes my hair stand on end, we'll attribute that, we'll call that an artifact of modern life and, And we'll move on to more significant considerations The first of which the requirements for these ritualistic sacrifices were very specific and very precise. You, you can hear that in the language. They indicate that precision and attention to detail were part of God's nature. If they were part of God's nature, then they're part of God's nature now. Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever." So we're making the assertion that, that it's part of God's nature to be precise and to be attentive to details. If you need more evidence to support that assertion, let me give you some, but from a very different direction. Flowers. Uh, the plant is rose of share, and Robin and I have one in the backyard. This summer, it poked along as it always does through July, and in August, It went crazy and it produced hundreds of blossoms between early August and just a week or two ago and when you look at the blossoms closely like look at them with a magnifying glass you are startled at the level of detail particularly in comparing one blossom to another both in terms of the very subtle features of the coloration and features of the structure details appear to be important to God we see that Evidenced in his creation. We see it in the instructions for making the old, ten, uh, old Covenant sacrifices. I tend to be inattentive to details God values details Next There was a quality standard for performing the sacrifices and it was perfection. God expected the sacrifices To be performed exactly the way he had prescribed the animal was to be without blemish And the instructions were to be carried out as God had indicated to Moses It wasn't enough to do all of the steps They had to be done in the prescribed way to say do it the perfect way and do it God's way That's to say the same thing Now I have a standard of quality in both spiritual matters and non-spiritual matters You can summarize it by the statement close enough for government work That's not God's standard perfection is God's standard Thirdly, it's extremely evident that the blood of the sacrifice was the key component of these rituals. The shedding of blood was necessary for God's atonement or forgiveness to be released. Hebrews 9.22, And according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. But what was it about the blood that made it necessary? The Bible tells us that the life of the creature is held in the blood This is Leviticus 17 verse 11 for the life of the flesh is in the blood And I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls For it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement It is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement God requires that a life be given for sin to be atoned for or forgiven or covered and finally The old covenant sacrifices were substitutionary god regarded the blood of the animal sacrifice As sufficient to cover the sin of the people he did not require the blood of the sinner the life of the sinner The blood of the animal was deemed sufficient So in summary In the old covenant the sacrifices were to be formed were to be offered precisely that is do all of the steps They were to be offered perfectly Do the steps in the prescribed manner And in the old covenant the atoning sacrifice required the giving of a life, but in a substitutionary way So that's a brief look at the framework for uh, Atonement sacrifice in the Old Testament. Now let's ask the question when When those procedures became part of the life of the people, what did that look like? Are you still feeling okay? this one's even longer. There's no quiz. But if you, will, if you will attend to this as we go through it, Leviticus 9, there's a big payoff at the end. If, if you're able to hang in there, you'll be glad you did. There's a, there's a big payoff at the end. So uh, 9, starting in verse 5, Aaron and his sons have been consecrated. This is their first instance of acting as priests. This is their first engagement as priests Representing God to the people representing the people to God Start at verse 5 So they took what moses commanded to the front of the tent of meeting and the whole congregation the whole congregation came near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, "This is the thing which the Lord has commanded you to do that the glory of the, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you." Moses then said to Aaron, "Come near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering that you may make atonement for yourself and for the people. Then make the offering for the people that you may make atonement for them just as the Lord has commanded." So Aaron came near to the altar and slaughtered the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And Aaron's sons presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put some of it on the horns of the altar and poured out the rest of the blood, where? At the base of the altar. The fat and the kidneys and the lobe of the liver of the sin offering he then offered up in smoke on the altar, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The flesh and the skin, however, he burned, where? With fire outside the camp. Then he slaughtered the burnt offering and Aaron's sons handed the blood to him and he sprinkled it around on the altar. And they handed the burnt offering to him in pieces with the head and he offered them up in smoke on the altar. He also washed the entrails and the legs and offered them up in smoke with the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering and took the goat of the sin offering, which was for the people and slaughtered it and offered it for sin like the first. He also presented the burnt offering and offered it according to the ordinance. Next, he presented the grain offering and filled his hand with some of it, and offered it up in smoke on the altar beside the burnt offering of the morning. Then he slaughtered the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons handed the blood to him, and he sprinkled it around on the altar. As for the portions of fat from the ox and from the ram, the fat tail, the fat covering, and the kidneys, and the lobe of the liver, they now placed the portions of fat on the breasts, and he offered them up in smoke on the altar. But the breasts and the right thigh Aaron presented as a wave offering before the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them and he stepped down after making the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings and Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting when they came out and blessed the people the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people then fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar and when all the people saw it they shouted and fell on their faces amen One could argue that Leviticus 9, what we just read, perhaps represents the spiritual high point of the Old Testament. It's one of the few, if not the only place in the Old Testament, where the people worshipped in complete obedience. Not that they had been completely obedient in the wilderness prior. They had the debacle of the golden calf on their resume by this time. But in Leviticus 9, Aaron and his sons led the people to precisely follow God's instructions. In verse 6, Moses said to all the people, This is what the Lord commanded you to do so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. And indeed, God's glory appeared to them. In the performance of those sacrificial rituals, we see that God's instructions were carried out in every detail. And they were carried out to God's standard of quality, God's standard of perfection. When the people sacrifice to God in full obedience to his instructions, they experience the overpowering blessing of his presence. And isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want to come to worship on a Sunday morning and experience the presence of God so powerfully and so clearly that it literally puts us on our knees? So why did that happen in this instance? Why was it that these people were able to experience that? Because of their obedience. God said I want you to do this. I want you to do it in this manner. They did everything as he as he prescribed but but It didn't last The spiritual high point did not last Israel fell immediately and we mean immediately they were as we are incapable of sustained obedience So all you have to do is go to Leviticus 10, just right next door to what we uh, just read. And you see that Nadab and Abihu, two of Aaron's sons, corrupted the instructions for the handling of the rituals. Uh, The scripture in my translation makes reference to strange fire having to do with the way the incense was handled. That offense was so severe that God struck them down on the spot. They died right there. Um, Moving aaron to a a point of crisis and later in chapter 10 the other two sons um, Were involved in controversy over their mishandling of of some of the the sacrificial elements They couldn't sustain their obedience Secondly and we don't see this Completely clearly at this point in leviticus, but it's it's throughout scripture and I think a lot of us Uh, Have it in our own experience in our flesh We tend to turn the rituals of worship into superficial acts that are devoid of spiritual significance Um, It's easy to use ritual to mask uh, a hard and disobedient heart God spoke to the prophet Isaiah over that issue He spoke to the people through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 113 Where god says bring your worthless offerings no longer incense is an abomination to me new moon and sabbath the calling of assemblies I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly God confronted them strongly on their hypocrisy We know in the new testament the pharisees were expert at using ritual to cloak hardness of heart and and we know that jesus confronted them strongly so a quick look at the framework of sacrifice the atonement sacrifice under the Old Covenant and, and a little bit about how it played out in the lives of the people both good and bad now on to the New Covenant Sacrifice in the New Covenant we've seen that God's requirements for the Old Covenant sacrifices were specific and detailed Similarly the new covenant sacrifice unfolded according to a specific set of steps now notice that I referred to the new covenant sacrifice in the singular Old covenant sacrifices were made repeatedly year after year after year But the crucifixion of jesus christ is the single atoning sacrifice of the new covenant there's only one new covenant sacrifice of atonement and that was made by jesus Now, as in the Old Covenant, that sacrifice made by Christ happened according to a certain set of steps, and we can see those in Matthew 16 at verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. God established the procedure for the new covenant sacrifice, and Jesus was obedient to every step of it, to the cross and through the resurrection. Peter probably didn't realize it at the time but in his attempt to redirect Jesus from the cross He was actually opposing God's plan for that new covenant sacrifice He was in a sense acting as Aaron's sons did in in Leviticus 10 additionally in addition to to realizing the detailed set of steps we know that God's old covenant requirement was that the sacrifice be offered perfectly that it be substitutionary and that it involved the shedding of blood, the giving of a life. All these requirements were met by Jesus. The blood of Christ represents the perfect and everlasting substitutionary sacrifice offered for the forgiveness of our sins. Hebrews 10 11 through 13 in speaking of the old covenant every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins but he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet one substitutionary sacrifice for sins for all time and first peter 1 18 and 19 knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things Like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers But with the but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless the blood of christ christ was the perfect unblemished spotless sacrifice of atonement for us Now at this point you might be thinking. Well, wait a second If there's only one new test new covenant sacrifice of atonement and if that was made by Christ then why does Romans 12 1 tell me that I must act as a sacrifice perhaps one answer to that question is that ours is not a sacrifice of atonement it's a sacrifice of devotion it's a sacrifice of worship and we hear that in the language of Romans 12 1 Listen to it again. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We offer ourselves up to him in devotion, in worship, in response to all that he is and eternally will be to us. And ours is a sacrifice that echoes what we read in Romans 11:36: To him be the glory forever. To God be the glory forever. Now it's over the sacrifice of devotion that our discussion of the new covenant diverges a bit from the old. In the old covenant, the sacrifice of atonement was ongoing. The people held the sacrifice rituals year after year, but the new covenant sacrifice of atonement only happened once. We then are not obligated to expend the physical and spiritual energy to make those repeated atonement sacrifices. We're released from that through Christ. We are obligated, however, to continually make the Romans 12.1 sacrifice of devotion. It's not as if Christ made his sacrifice and we regard that as being in the past. We dwell on that sacrifice continually. We're going to dwell on it as we take the Lord's Supper today. And as we do so, we we make the continual living sacrifice of worship And We say to God in making that sacrifice. Lord. I love you. I Yield to you as a living sacrifice. I submit myself to you I empty myself before you to be filled by you and one way of summing up all those statements Is to say that we say to God as living sacrifices. I follow you God. I choose to follow you So a brief look at the the structure of of the new covenant system of atonement sacrifice. Now, what does that look like as we live it out? There are many, many avenues of application for for this notion of of living sacrifice. The rest of the message could go in multiple directions that span the New Testament. We're gonna take one particular tack that's influenced by the experience that several of us are having in Pastor Richard's Wednesday night class on discipleship. That's where we'll head for a few moments. So as I offer myself up as a living sacrifice, I'm saying to God, I follow you. And it's appropriate I say that to him because Jesus said that to his disciples. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me. And what happens when we do that? Many of you know that he said I will make you and yes, there's a remainder to the sins But let's stop here for a moment at the phrase. I will make you in christ. We don't make ourselves He makes us In our lives as living sacrifices. He works through our yielding to make us in the old covenant continual sacrifice was necessary for atonement Again in the new covenant continual sacrifice is also necessary, but not for atonement jesus accomplished the atonement Our continual sacrifice is necessary for sanctification for jesus making us into what he wants us to be and by the way Just as the old covenant atonement sacrifices needed to be offered perfectly Our new covenant sacrifice of devotion also needs to be offered perfectly Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5:48 When Jesus was speaking to the people about how they should love those who are not part of their immediate family or circle of friends what did he say Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect we are to be perfect So as we follow Jesus he will make us into what will he make us fishers of men that's Matthew 4:19 So in comparing this to the old covenant structure, then we say, okay, we're living sacrifices We're going to follow christ. He's going to make us fishers of men The old covenant sacrifices had specific instructions Are there specific instructions that go along with this imperative and one could argue? Yes, there are the great commission might be one of them Jesus came to them and said all authority on heaven and on earth Has been granted unto me go therefore and make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you And lo I will be with you even unto the end of the age Those are our instructions. Here's a question to what standard of quality do those instructions have to be obeyed? Perfection Therefore you are to be perfect that's a problem right those under the old covenant were incapable of living it out perfectly And we under the new covenant are incapable of living it out perfectly. We are not perfect fishers of men So here's where we close Because christ provides perfect atonement for our weakness and failings We need not live in fear that what happened to aaron's sons in leviticus 10 will happen to us rather we can live in the freedom Expressed by paul in philippians 3:13 and 14 brethren. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet But one thing I do Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus What is the upward call one possible answer to offer ourselves as living sacrifices and we are free to do that without condemnation In the grace given to us in christ and in the power of the holy spirit God's word says if we confess our sins He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness And in that cleansing in the atonement that jesus provides we are set free free to pursue the upward calling Of of being living sacrifices and doing that in the grace given to us in christ And in the power of the holy spirit Let's pray together Heavenly father We would invite you to do that work in us And lord we we do need you in us to do that work You know our hearts But in christ And in the power of your holy spirit You can shape us and mold us into the living sacrifices that you would have us be and we pray that that would be the outcome of this word father That in increased Understanding and increased obedience you would be more honored by the sacrifices of worship that we offer and that you would be more glorified As we share your gospel With those who are around us. We thank you lord for your presence. Bless us now as we continue to move towards our our observance of your supper today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In a moment, Scott will come and lead us to sing, and Pastor Travis will be down at the front to receive any who might make a decision. What might a decision be? You might need to accept jesus christ as your savior this morning You might be thinking look you're talking about the forgiveness that's available in christ I'm on the outside of that, but I need to receive that You might be thinking i've accepted christ, but I really need to do as talia did I need to follow in baptism in obedience to my lord You might be thinking i'm in christ But I need a family. I need a spiritual family that I can invest in and that can invest in me Or you might be thinking I'm in Christ and I'm in this family But i'm lagging my zeal for being a living sacrifice for walking as a living sacrifice Has has diminished. I need to recommit myself to a a more sincere walk with the lord Any of those decisions or other decisions that you feel god is leading to you, you to make this morning We invite you to come forward and share those with travis and and pray with him and you might think Well, that's a little bit risky There's a lot of people in here But that's a good thing because as you come forward the spiritual arms of 250 people are going to enfold you And you're going to be in the palm of the hand of our lord jesus christ and that's a very safe place